Hello everyone, this is Donovan LaCroxy. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Hip Hop, Let's Talk R&B, and Let's Talk What Is Going On In The Community. And debuting on this podcast, I've got Toronto Ambassador Sue Pendra. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. I hope I said your name right. Yeah, absolutely. No, we got it covered. Um, after a couple of uh, rehearsals, we, we made it happen. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know me. You're working with me, and I appreciate that. You are debuting on this podcast. So do you want to tell us who you are in case listeners do not know you? Yeah, absolutely. So I am basically work as a Toronto ambassador, brand ambassador on social media. Um, what I do is I basically uh, represent the city of Toronto uh, worldwide uh, within all across the world. Um, I've worked with various brands uh, during during my time, and um, overall, uh, I have a pretty interesting brand uh, from when I started off, and um, I'm excited to talk about it today with you. All right, all right. And what does being a Toronto ambassador mean? Uh, it means a lot. It means a lot. Obviously, with the with the patriotism to, I have towards the city of Toronto, uh, it's definitely grown throughout the years. Obviously, uh, being born and raised in, uh, in Toronto growing up, uh, parents obviously lived in uh, Sri Lanka growing up, and they uh, fled from a civil war, and they lived. They immigrated to uh, Toronto. Uh, I was born in Toronto, and uh, I lived in the downtown lifestyle for a, more, a, say a good amount of time in my life. Uh, and from there, I've kind of found my identity towards the city of Toronto and what the city has to offer towards minorities and various immigrants. Um, as a second-generation immigrant myself, I had the opportunity to basically visualize and see what the city has to offer from lifestyle. Uh, to diversity and to the freedomness that we are offered in regards to opportunities, and um, kind of took, took advantage of that in regards to the whole sports factor of it, and um, take that took that towards a new approach of how um, how I utilize myself and how I go about um, what I do, um, and uh, just to give a brief history about myself, obviously from the story of how I started off my social media page um, through Instagram directly. Uh, so obviously Instagram started off in late 2010 or so. Um, and from there, obviously, many majority of people were trying to get their visual aspect in regards to the platform. I myself also had an iPhone 4 at the time, and I would capture content across the city, um, uh, whether it was at Nathan Phillips Square or whether if it was at CN Tower, et cetera, et cetera. And I kind of built an eye for photography at a very young age um, once Instagram was growing up, and I started my own page, and I started posting content from there. Um, as time was going off, I, I did have an interest towards it, but I realized that... Um, there's a lot of street photographers within the city of Toronto that were already doing something similar to this. And um, I kind of wanted to make myself stand out compared to uh, what everyone else was doing. And uh, I had the recognition of what brought interest towards what I love and what, what, uh, what makes me want to stand out compared to somebody else. Uh, and that from there, I, was, I thought of something that was um, something, the, current, uh, the current initiative and the current project I have at the moment is the, the recognition that I put towards uh, in regards to what I do. And that's called the hashtag Love My City Project. Uh, the way that started off was when I, um, just a very straightforward thing, I got a customized uh, Maple Leaf jersey done at Toronto Maple Leafs jersey. On the back of the jersey, I ended up putting uh, Love My City, uh, customly crested, and the number 416 actually for the area code of Toronto on the back of the jersey. Um, I got that, I ended up wearing that jersey to a Jays game. It was just, I believe, a day or two after their home opener. Uh, captured some content um, inside the Sky Dome, which is also known as the Rogers Center, inside the, inside the Dome. And uh, I ended up posting that on my social media. And um, a few minutes after posting, I got a couple of likes from a few friends and family members. And I realized um, the notification, uh, Champagne Poppy, popped up on my on my, um, on my my phone, exactly. And I took a screenshot of it, obviously, because it's a pretty big thing. For those of you who don't know, 
Uh, Champagne Poppy's handle is actually Drake, uh, Toronto's very own. And um, well, he's one of the reasons for what, for who, for one of the reasons for why um, he inspired me to kind of take on this initiative as well, because uh, he himself is a huge Toronto ambassador, and um, that kind of triggered to realize, you know what, I have something special here. And um, using that platform, I was I realized that um, if something, someone along his lines could approve something like this, uh, let me take this initiative initiative even further. And what I do is basically with the hashtag Love My City project. Um, it's basically a platform where where I basically um, promote the city of Toronto around the world uh, using our Toronto sports teams, uh, memorabilia and clothing and uh, merchandise. Uh, so I go to various parts around the world and I take this this gear with me and I promote the Toronto Toronto FC, I promote the Toronto Raptors, I promote the Blue Jays, Maple Leafs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, whether if I'm in India at the Taj Mahal, whether if I'm in Tokyo, whether if I'm in Rome. Um, I take this content with me overseas. Uh, in addition to that, actually, I always, I also bring additional gear uh, to give away to people that I meet on my travels. Um, um, this is a story that on the back end. Uh, I've met some people over my time on the, the Southern Hemisphere and various parts around the world who weren't aware of Toronto and they weren't aware of Canada. And that kind of threw me off guard because I was like, well, like I lived my whole life. I guess not everyone knows where I live, right? And um, I kind of wanted them to build a different understanding towards um uh, what the city has to offer and, and have them build a relationship with where I'm from. Uh, so the next time they hear about the city or the next time they hear about where I live, uh, they'll be like, oh, yes, I met an individual who was from Toronto and uh, absolutely great. And he gave us some merch uh, to represent our uh, their sports teams where we live. And it's something that's triggered off uh, about five years ago or so. And I'm, I'm, I would say I'm about five, six years into it and um, heavily invested, heavily dedicated towards what I do. And I started off my flat platform on Instagram uh, within a, a, a certain following, and uh, throughout the years, the platform has grown tremendously. Uh, just about now, I'm just over um, 12,100 followers on my Instagram page directly, and uh, that took some time and effort to grow um, in regards to that. Um, but obviously, organically, I reached, I had the, I had passionate Toronto fans that were supportive in regards to our teams uh, that follow my account directly. I've had various um, community leaders, various ambassadors across Ontario and across Toronto uh, look at my content. And, um, and obviously look upon that and credit me towards what I do. And uh, obviously, I look forward to future projects that I have ahead. Um, although I've done some pretty interesting stuff with um, various um, projects and platforms specifically. Wow, wow, wow. What an amazing story. How did it feel getting recognized by Drake, him liking one of your Instagram photos? Uh, it was it was pretty cool because at the time I was about I don't know twenty one twenty two or so uh, so at the time and that that was when what was it twenty one twenty two fourteen so that was when nothing was the same was out and you know like all of those albums were out at the time and that was he was also reaching his peak um, he's still he's still um, booming from uh, from to big to big things but uh, having such a person like him obviously like that and that like I said that was kind of a trigger like in story tales with the trigger incident the the, the approach towards what something happens. Um, he was the he was the main purpose for um, um, he was main, uh, one of the main reasons for why I started off what I do today, and uh, having that it's not that's something that happens on a daily basis to anybody, um, and for someone obviously with such a high caliber like himself doing that, and um, like I said, from a personal opinion, uh, I personally feel like he's done a lot for our city um, just because of how much he represents it, um, how much he talks about it, and how much he puts that towards his music and his music videos. And his product and his brand, uh, OVO brand. The minute people see OVO, they remember, they think of Toronto. They think of an individual rapper from Toronto who's doing great stuff, right? And that brand specifically is worldwide. Um, so, like, I, like as myself as the Toronto ambassador, 
Uh, he's obviously something that's way bigger, but at the same time, he's doing some incredible stuff. And he's put Toronto on the map uh, compared to two or three decades ago, compared to how we were before, um, compared to 2020. If you compare 2020 to the early 1990s, uh, it's a lot different because we're, we're on the map worldwide compared to how we were back then. And he's uh, one of the main reasons for why that has happened. Yeah, yeah. Drake has done a lot of big things for the city. But I wanted to jump as well to John Tory. also. You yeah. got an Instagram picture. How did it feel getting a picture and meeting the mayor of Toronto? And for global listeners that don't know, John Tory is our mayor of Toronto right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, huge shout-out to Mayor Tory himself because, um, obviously, he's dealing with um, – a lot of issues and stuff that's happening at the time being, and he's handling it well, and he's doing the best of his ability. And in addition to that, uh, he's doing an incredible job, in my personal opinion, and uh, meeting such an ambassador like that, it was absolutely uh, tremendous. Um, obviously, I got the opportunity of meeting him at, uh, within, within our, um, I'm Tamil, uh, Canadian, Tamil Canadian, so we, had a, we have a nonprofit that's within our community that selected a, a 30 under 30 um, uh, partnership uh, within, within the city of Toronto and, I guess, across Canada. And uh, I was one of the individuals that they selected for the 30 under 30 um, for that specific uh, campaign. And uh, I was fortunate in, in um, attending an event at City Hall uh, where former councillor uh, Nidhan Shun was there. And uh, he was the one, he's actually the, uh, the founder of that organization and he runs it. Um, and however, uh, yeah, he ran that event and I had the opportunity to uh, meet Tor John Tory at the time and um, actually got a photo op with him holding the Toronto flag. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I also... Um, uh, yeah, when it comes to the Toronto flag specifically, I also heavily promote that as well, too, because not many people are aware of what the city of Toronto flag looks like. Donovan, do you know what the uh, city of flag, uh, Toronto flag looks like? <laughs> no, I don't. I'm sorry. Oh, my goodness. See, <laughs> see, for people like you, for people like you, there's a, there's a reason for why I do what I do, because... Um, <laughs> Um, and you'll be honest that you're laughing, but there's, uh, there's a lot of people who aren't aware of what the city of Toronto looks like, and they also live in the city of Toronto, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and uh, sorry, looping into that story, I also want to tell you another creative story where actually I actually met the uh, the creator of the Toronto flag, uh, Rene DeSantis, mm-hmm. um, about um, three to four months ago. He personally reached out himself, and he saw my work on my Instagram page, and he he's he's noticed of my how I promote the, his flag the flag that he created around the world. And um, his team actually reached out to me directly, and they wanted to work with me personally in regards to um, spreading more recognition and awareness uh, towards the flag. And uh, sorry, I'm just looping into the story as well, but um, it, it goes to show you that uh, the creator of the Toronto flag uh, was looking for more recognition of the Toronto flag, and I want more people to know about it. Uh, so he actually reached out to me directly, and I was uh, fortunate to uh, meet the individual um, a few months ago, and we were part of uh, a music video that he created, and um, uh, we have future partnerships um, ahead of us that we're currently in the process of talking about. Um, but yeah, it goes to show you that the, the creator of the Toronto flag uh, personally reached out and was interested in meeting me, actually, and um, and we have some talks about that as well. As, as well. So, sorry, his name, once again, was uh, Rene DeSantis. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard of him, and you know there's a lot of listeners in my city I still don't know. I was born and raised here with Jamaican and St. Lucian background, and there's still a lot <laughs> I don't know about my damn city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, you know, that's the thing, right? But everyone knows about the diversity, about the culture, mm-hmm. and various other platforms. Uh, but, but just to give you a brief um, verbal insight in regards to what the flag looks like, so it's basically all blue. Uh, it has the um, it has letter T on the flag, 
uh, which is, has a cutout of what Nathan's uh, Bob Square. You know, it's the city hall, two, the, the two tall buildings. Yes. Yeah. So basically, it's a cutout of the. It's a perimeter cutout of that, and in the middle of that cutout, it's basically the uh, the Canadian leaf, uh, the Canada leaf flag. Uh, the Canada leaf is right in the middle of the T. Uh, you've seen it before. I'm sure you've seen it before from. Meritories, press conferences, or various events. Yes. Um, or even if you look up, go on my social feed as well too. You might as well do that. Um, if you go on my feed specifically, uh, you will get the you will get the opportunity to see the Toronto flag on my page as well. Um, but you will see it, and it makes perfect sense to why it's the Toronto flag. <laughs> well, the Toronto flag. See, li- what listeners don't know, and a lot of people living here, and as you had said. They're not going to know because a lot of people live here, but they don't get to absorb Toronto. Why do you think? Exactly. No, I agree with you because there's uh, there's many people that I'm aware of who never actually been up went to the CN Tower, or they never went to um, uh, Cabbage Town, or they never went to Regent Park, right? And there's uh, there's various parts of the city that a lot of people haven't witnessed and seen. Um, and I guess in in a way. Um, it's just one of those things where it's like it's, the option's always available to you, but you haven't really done so. Um, but the beautiful part of our city is that every single, every walk of life and every every part of our city, it's unique in a way. Uh, whether if you're walking down like in the Regent Park area or whether if you're in the downtown core um, or you, whether if you're on the East End, which I am, uh, enjoying the, the, of what the life that uh, Scarborough Rouge Park has to offer as well, right? Um, but I would definitely say for the listeners to... Um, be open to that. I, I understand with COVID and everything happening, and um, like with uh, with life changing upon us. But at the same time, um, with things changing and us going into stage three, there's no harm in reaching out into various communities because uh, each community has its unique identity, and it, it's work. It works to their advantage, and I highly recommend more people do that because uh, we're very fortunate for where we live because we we can easily uh, we live in a location where you can go get haka food, go get sushi food, and all types of food. Uh, just because of the diversity that we have to offer in the city. Yes, and I know that Toronto Sun, the one that was made when we had the Pan Am Games listeners, the Toronto colorful sign at, you know that that white yes, sign? Yes, yes. Yeah, yep, I know yep. that one, okay? But I don't know, have they gotten, there was talks about moving it again or talks about keeping it there, and then there's there it's back and forth. It is still there for listeners that want to know, that famous Toronto sign that everybody likes to get a picture with. Yeah, exactly. It's still there. I believe they had to, they talked about funding and uh, the funding process and how to go about it because it does it does take some uh, it does cover some costs in regards to repairing and making sure it's high maintenance uh, for the for the future years to come. And uh, obviously, during Pan Am Games, I was there at Nathan Phillips Square during these uh, ceremonies, and uh, I noticed the attraction that sign had um, when it was first there. And uh, I, I I was absolutely uh, pleased by the fact that they kept the sign there, and uh, it brings in more people to. Um, the city in regards to having a massive logo upon that name, right? So obviously when you're, not many people are doing this, but like if you're coming from various parts of the world and if you want to capture that shot in front of the Toronto sign, you can and it's available to you, right? So it's, it's a great thing for, with our city. It's available right now, maybe not to the world right now due to we're in a pandemic, but for anyone yeah. in other provinces that have not got to experience Toronto, they better come and drive down and experience what it has to offer, right? Absolutely. No, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely something you want to take in front of them, just because uh, not everyone has the opportunity to do so, right? So might as well take advantage of it. Yes, yes. So I wanted to ask you, why is it important to represent Toronto on a global platform like Instagram? 
because um, obviously, just because of the visual component and eyes that are attracted towards that one app, it's one of the main leading apps in the, uh, around the world, and it's very visual-oriented. Um, which is one of the reasons why I took advantage of that, just because of how visual-oriented it is and the amount of people that are on that compared to, you know, like Flickr or Tumblr. Uh, that's one of the reasons for why I took advantage of Instagram. It's more visual-oriented and there's a high following of people that are actually on it. Um, obviously, in addition to that, the platform is very structured and straightforward in regards to your, your message, what your message is, and a visual illustration to your caption, right? Um, and this is something that I, I guess I mastered within the past couple of years um, within my within my team and specifically towards my brand and um, like I said four or five years to do what I do and I'm still learning every we learn every day um, but I personally feel like I've done uh, I've learned a good amount in regards to how I do um, this platform and that has led for me to do other freelance roles as well because um, a lot of people who look at my content um, from various blocks of life they they've seen what I do and they're interested in having me help them out with their personal businesses and whatnot. And I was fortunate to work with uh, various small businesses, politicians, uh, real estate firms, um, in helping them out and, and basically enhancing and promoting their social media presence a bit further uh, compared to usual. And um, it's, it's, it definitely opened a different couple of doors for me. Uh, and that's one of the reasons for why I, I'm grateful for that platform of Instagram and Facebook and whatnot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how has the Love My City project influenced your life right now in 2020? Because you've done this for six years. And I know with the pandemic, it's kind of put a strain, but how has it influenced your life in the six years? You may have mentioned it earlier, but in case listeners still are not understanding. Yeah, absolutely. So um, obviously with the Love My City project, it requires me traveling to various parts around the world and promoting the city of Toronto. Um, obviously, with uh, us currently with this pandemic that's taking place, um, we, are, we as a city are doing what we can. And um, for my personal platform, obviously, I'm not able to travel to various parts around the world. I was actually supposed to go to Tokyo um, actually in a few weeks um, from, from now, um, but that got canceled because of COVID. And uh, obviously, for, for myself, self-safe um, being and obviously my family's safe being, I thought it would be a great decision to cancel my trip. Um, but my personal end is we have we're very fortunate for the beauty that we have across our city and within our within our province and uh, across Canada. Um, so we're very very fortunate to have various hike trails, various um, iconic landmarks, uh, various beautiful parts about our city that um, we can capture content from. And that's what I've been doing these past couple of uh, months slash weeks uh, in regards to that. Because um, like I said, um, since we've been restricted to that, um, I'm fortunate. I live in a city where um, there's many, many resources and opportunities available when it comes to content uh, approach. Um, and I highly recommend more people um, take advantage of that. Uh, it doesn't always have to be a CN Tower. It doesn't always have to be Nathan Phelps Square. Um, there's various parts around the city that you can take advantage of, whether that's the ROM or the EGO. Um, taking advantage of those platforms as well. Uh, the C, uh, the C and the exhibition area with, um, with obviously exhibitions, the CNE is not taking place this year, but there's so many uh, spots that are available. And um, like I said, we're very fortunate to live in a city where uh, there's all walks of life and you're able to capture content um, in various platforms. And um, I would definitely take advantage of that because uh, uh, the city of Toronto is pretty massive and we're very fortunate to do that, right? So it works out. It's pretty massive. It's pretty diverse. Listeners, you love how diverse Toronto is. You got your Pride Parade. Well, you, we didn't have it this year. You had Caravana. We didn't have it this year. But they all were 
virtual. So there's so yeah. much stuff to do. And then, of course, you've got the Greek festival, which that didn't happen. So COVID-19 yeah, yeah, put a strain. How did you feel when COVID-19 happened? What was your feelings about it when we started being on lockdown? And then now we're in stage three. What were your emo- what, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I guess it, it, in somehow, in way, shape, or form, it has affected everyone uh, in some way. Uh, in my personal end, I'm an extrovert itself, so I, I like being in the outside world and, and socializing with others and going to events and um, being out there in the world. Uh, but obviously, with COVID taking place, um, it, uh, it definitely affected a lot of us specifically, but uh, it also opened another eye for a lot of us because uh, um, we are definitely for- we don't realize how fortunate we are to live on this planet and uh, what we currently have to offer in this in, in where we live and we and in that case I think I it, was, it definitely opened my eye because that was always something that was in the back of my head uh, when, with something like a pandemic like this that can cause this much havoc uh, towards many people and and really make um, it really um, not I wouldn't say scar but cause a difference towards a lot of people's lives um, it's uh, in my personal case like obviously it did that but um, I've been working from home and I had a lot of family time um, so the whole family approach of that, I'm very family oriented. So being able to spend more time with my parents and my, with my siblings, uh, that was definitely, um, a major factor. Um, but, uh, there are, there's also, there's pros and cons to both sides, right? However, I did, a lot of us, like many of us, they take the time to, um, really wind back a bit in life and, uh, learn new skills that you haven't always had the time to do so. And um, it's a different approach. Everyone has a new way of approach of going about it, right? I myself didn't always go on Netflix and watch shows. I was always interested in learning new things or taking advantage of other stuff that I could potentially do and to invest myself. So when the pandemic eventually ends up being over, I could take, a, I could utilize those skills and utilize my advantages into doing creative things in this world. And I guess with the pandemic happening, it gave a lot of us extra time in our lives to uh, do something. And um, that's something that I kind of took advantage of. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, other favorite parts besides the CN Tower? Because we were talking off of interview. You love the CN Tower. That's your favorite spot to go to. Now, do you have other favorite parts that you can encourage our listeners when they want to experience Toronto, let's say when the pandemic is over or people that live near Toronto or outside of the city, what are your favorites besides the CN Tower? <laughs> totally, absolutely. Besides the CN Tower, um, obviously, uh, it's um, one of my favorite spots to check out is definitely Paulson Pierre, uh, which is near, obviously, the. Um, it's more on the east end of the city, but you still have an opportunity to... Uh, see uh, a better skyline of what the city has to offer. So definitely folks in Pierre, because uh, you get a nice skyline view of the city of Toronto. Another one would be uh, Ward's Island. So being able to catch a ferry to Ward's Island. I, out of all the islands, I personally feel I personally feel like Ward's Island has the better view uh, compared to the other three. Um, so I'll definitely say Ward's Island, Pulse and Pierre. And also for the viewers listening, I think you should definitely take advantage of what our suburbs have to offer. Um, like I said, I live on the east end of the city with Scarborough Rouge Park, and we're, we're known for a lot of greenland and thousands and thousands of different species that live in our area. Um, we have various waterfalls and various, various rivers that are in our areas, and um, if you're more towards the natural approach and hikes and different advantages, um, that's something that I, I heavily take advantage of in this area, and um, I'm happy I do so. And happy, I, I'm, I'm happy I live in a great green space that provides all these opportunities. Uh, so definitely Colson Pier, Ward's Island, 
And um, with Scarborough Ridge Park, there's numerous hikes that I have to offer for you nature lovers out there. Mm-hmm. Nature lovers, of course, and this is the time right now to go for a walk right now. If you want to get totally. your mind off the pandemic, go for lots of walks. There's still a lot to do in a pandemic. Absolutely. And uh, with um, with fall approaching as well, I'm, I'm huge when it comes to uh, going on hikes during the fall as well, just because of the color components and how the lifestyle changes. Uh, during that time period, the weather is a bit cooler, and uh, it's a different approach. But I don't know about you, man, but I love just throwing on a hoodie and just going on these hikes because uh, it's a different openness. Uh, like I said, we all had to get away from the city here and there. Uh, I myself, even though I love it cre- uh, tremendously, I also had to step away from it here and there to get to enjoy the nature, natural nature aspect of it. Uh, so obviously being able to do that is something that I'm fortunate for. So definitely take advantage of the suburbs uh, when it comes to the nature lifestyle that they have to offer. Yes, definitely take advantage of that, listeners, if you definitely want to. Now, what about Ontario Place? Do you like Ontario Place, too, in the CNE? Yeah, uh, so I heard I heard they're trying to uh, implement uh, creative strategies. Since there's a, a lot of space available uh, in that location, I heard they're trying to do a lot of creative space when it comes to drive-in movies. And uh, I, I was in the top, I, I, was, I heard some articles about how they're trying to... Uh, open up um, like a Jurassic Park format so people can watch the game in that location. Um, however, that obviously, um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but that location has been t- in talks with the government in regards to how they want to go about it and what they want to do with it. Um, with Ontario Place obviously not being open to the public right now, and there's a lot of space available. Um, so I think they're in the talks of figuring out what they could do with that space. Because that spot is pretty valuable. Um, you can do a lot of creative stuff in that location, and I'm excited to see, to see what they do. Because um, we have a lot of, um, obviously, within those type of spots within the city, there's a lot to offer. So I'm excited to see what they have in store for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, people who have kids, right, they want to, what do you call it, experience nature, as you talked about. Let's say they want to do stuff with their kids. Like, what other things can they do besides nature walks? Of course, those are good. But people with children, what do you want to say to them where they want to do stuff with their kids and experience Toronto like you've experienced? Yeah, absolutely. So it's definitely taking advantage of um, the activities that are, that are around us. So, for instance, like I mentioned before, the AGO, so the Art Gallery of Ontario, uh, the Ron Mousy Royal Ontario Museum, there's a couple of options. The Toronto Zoo, uh, they do have an option where, um, obviously, since they're in stage three now, um, the Toronto Zoo is absolutely incredible because you do get the chance to check out rhinos and flamingos in various walks of life. Um, in literally a few a few kilometers, and I live pretty close to the Toronto Zoo as well, so uh, it's pretty cool to say that an elephant lives a few kilometers away from me, <laughs> right? So um, it's just those platforms specifically. But if you're looking for more, something more towards a free t- type of thing, I would definitely say, um, like I said, our, our, we have like, there's various suburbs across the city that uh, we are known for. Uh, for instance, Regent Park or even uh, Cabbage Town and uh, various other platforms. So I think like the annex and whatnot. So I think it will be great for kids to witness the whole downtown lifestyle, um, taking advantage of the diversity that's across our city and going from that prospect of it. Yeah, I, d- I know you had mentioned it before, but I just want to make sure I get everyone involved because there are parents who think, well, if you're so excited about this, what can I really do when I'm a parent? What can I really do with my kids? But you had mentioned that they can go to the zoo and the zoo is, what do you call it? That's what do you call it? They were doing a drive through in stage two, but now stage three, you can go and experience it. As for the CNE, that's a no this year, a Wonderland, that's a no this year. I think Wonderland will remain closed 
for the rest of the season. Exactly, yeah. And um, it's unfortunate because like, those are the things that um, increase um, excitement for what tourism and uh, what our city has to offer. Um, however, we, we, we do have alternative options when it comes to everything that's happening in the pandemic. And at the end of the day, number one thing is that we all have to be safe as well, too, right? And um, I'm glad that we live in a city where they are making the precautions that need to be met in regards to wearing masks, in regards to social distancing and heavily emphasizing that. Uh, and then we're not, we're, not in a, we're not in a state where we're having 10,000 cases a day. I'm not going to mention any names. I'm sure you're well aware of certain cities. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're, I'm yeah. sure you're well aware of certain states and certain cities that have that. And it's very unfortunate. And uh, I'm very fortunate to not be in a location that has that same issue. Uh, however, our numbers are um, fluctuating from time to time. And obviously, we're not there until it goes back to zero, right? So I'm excited to see where we're on the right path. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Yes. So let's talk about sports, right? Because you really are heavy. You're an ambassador, right? You will wear your Leafs jersey. You will wear your Toronto Raptors jersey. So let's start with, okay, when the Raptors won the championship, let's rewind into 2019 June. I was happy. What were your thoughts when the Raptors had won the championship, being a Toronto ambassador? Uh, it was. It was absolutely. Um, it was. You're, you caught me off guard because that's how speechless I was. Because I, I personally feel like uh, everything that was, everything that was happening with our city, uh, the way. I'm not sure how big of a basketball fan you are, but yeah. I'm going through. Um, <laughs> obviously, the trade with uh, Demar Derozan, yeah. uh, with the block that Paul Pierce had on us during the Brooklyn series um, on Game Seven um, gave up a, on a while us. ago. <laughs> Do you remember that part? Do you remember that scene? Yes, yes, but people gave up on us, though. Remember, they didn't think. Oh, we absolutely. Could win. See, see, that's the thing. See, I'll, 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 let me continue to elaborate. So that was sure. one year, and another, and another year when the when the Wizards sweeped us 4-0. Um, the year after, when we were playing against um, with Valanciunas and whatnot, uh, when we went four nothing in the first round, and we were the we were the higher seed. Uh, that we went through that outbreak, right? And then we had our heartbreaks when it comes to, when it comes to, came to uh, Vince Carter joining the Nets and uh, winning a game winner and having uh, his game winner was basically an alley oop. Um, so stuff like that. When you see that stuff happen, um, and I was fortunate to um, see the rebranding of the team and how uh, the minute Drake took over and we had the All Star game in 2016 um, with uh, obviously the trade of Demar Derozan with Ka- Ka- Kawhi Leonard happening. And um, with Kawhi Leonard, you see the history of the team change drastically when it comes to leadership. Um, and the amount of work that he's done, um, it's definitely, it definitely showed on the court. And um, everything from the buzzer beater with the four drops, or with the four hits on the basket before it went in, and um, being able to visually see um, this team make it closer and closer to the Larry O'Brien trophy and end up beating a team that won the trophy back-to-back. And we were fortunate because the team was obviously injured. They had multiple injuries on the team. Um, but, hey, I'm a huge believer in faith myself. And I personally felt like they had their um, – the Golden State had their time, and now it's our, it was our time. And uh, when that night happened, um, and seeing the city celebrate how they did, um, that was also very um, – it was an inexcrabable feeling just because you will never see something like that. Uh, for uh, Obviously, let's hold, fingers crossed. Uh, obviously, if they win again, that would be great. But I personally feel like uh, I'm excited. I, I, I want, I'm curious to know what they'll do uh, in a pandemic situation if a team were to win. 
Um, but we'll see what that happens when they win. However, on that night for June 13th, uh, June, uh, June 13th, June 14th, um, when everyone was outside the city and um, calling on screen scenes, uh, street signs and calling on various stuff, uh, jumping on top of buses and seeing how Young and Dundas was uh, with drone shots that they had available and seeing how the parade was, um, it was definitely something that was indescribable, and I'll definitely be mentioning that to uh, my kids when I when I get older. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Leonard and what do you call it, Danny Green, leaving us a uh, commentator the other day when because I love my basketball. To answer your question, I love my yeah. basketball. I actually find the highlights a lot more interesting sometimes than the games. I don't know why, but I love the games and I love the NBA bubble of how it is. I'll ask you a question in a minute about that, but yeah. I'm really yeah. so, I've, I'm fascinated of how the NBA came back, but yeah. did you think that, that, were you worried like when Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard left, were you worried that the Raptors would struggle? Cause that's what a commentator said that they would struggle. And now the Raptors are still doing pretty good. They're not too far behind the bucks. Yes, and um, I, I, obviously, uh, from a from a common Raptors fan, if you lose some, someone like a franchise player like Kawhi Leonard, and obviously secondary player like Danny Green, um, you're you're lying if you say uh, you, you didn't you didn't you didn't seem like um, the, I, I I didn't know the team was still going to do great, but I didn't realize they'll do they'll be playing as to the caliber that they are today. Um, but like I said, I, I knew that uh, even if they left, we'll still be fine because we have prospects that are huge and they're doing fantastic stuff. Uh, for instance, guys that are undrafted, for instance, like Pascal Siakam and even uh, Fred Van Vliet. Those are two individuals that weren't, uh, weren't drafted and they're doing some incredible stuff. And you've seen them grow. Norman Powell as well. You've seen them grow with Raptors 9 of 5. And um, you see them grow from playing with that in franchise and going into coming into the Toronto Raptors, coming off the bench, and now starting for the team, right? So you see the difference of how much this franchise has to offer. And um, we were very fortunate. And luckily with the team history and how things are going, um, the team is very passionate and they're disciplined and they're very mature. And the way that Masai Ujiri, um, uh, man, I could talk to this guy about this guy for days, but he's, I, I'm a huge believer in, in Masai we trust because um, the, thing that, the things that he has done for the franchise directly um, clearly shows why we're a championship team. And he has tremendously blown this team to be where it is today. Uh, he's the main reason for why it is how it is today. And the maturity level that the team has to offer, uh, he provides that. With everything from, elaborate, elaborate a bit more on the whole uh, bubble that you mentioned, the way they came into the bubble with the whole um, trucks that they had, uh, their coaches' brushes that they had with the Black Lives Matter on it, and um, coming in and showing a statement in regards to that platform, um, it's absolutely tremendous that they're having a platform and an opportunity to um, speak their mind and let people know about how they feel. And, it's, and I'm glad they're doing that because they have the right of speech. Um, and uh, on top of that, Masai Ujiri, on top of that, the general manager, um, um, they're both um, able to, they're both actually, they're, all, they're the only team to have their president and their general manager with them inside the bubble from what I was, from what I heard. I think uh, Matt Devlin or Neil Rounds, one of them mentioned it, and apparently everyone, all the other teams, they didn't, their, their owners didn't come into the bubble. Um, so it goes to show you that they're all in this together, and the Raptors are a huge, huge um, example of that. Yeah, the NBA bubbles are working. I like them. I think they planned it like you we, you and I have talked off interview. They planned it. They did. What do you call it? And I'm impressed. Like a lot of people were saying, this is not going to work. But the NBA is making it work. Absolutely. And um, we have a prime example of, um, uh, of a league that did 
that uh, along with the NHL. And um, as of now, like um, from my understanding, uh, the cases have been super, super low. I know in the NHL they had zero. And from my understanding, I think in the NBA, um, it was, I believe they were also zero as well, if from my, from yeah. my understanding. Yeah. Um, so it, it goes to show you that these individuals are in their certain location and all their, yeah, I understand they're not, they're not able to travel and do this and that, but at the same time, it shows that the bubble approach actually works because they're all in a specific location, right? Mm-hmm. Um, however, with the MLB, which is a prime example, um, with, for those of you who don't know, the MLB is still an option where, where you basically still fly to the, to the city that you're playing in. You're playing in the city's um, uh, arena. You're playing in the city stadium. And um, However, there's no fans at the stadium. Um, that approach, which is different because you're using the entire nation of America to travel to various parts of across the cities. Uh, in addition to that, it leads to more issues because you are dealing with more people. And it has shown with um, various teams uh, actually testing positive for COVID. Um, and it goes to show you uh, one example of a team, that, a, a league that didn't do it, and they're doing tremendous. Sorry, they're doing, they're not, they're not doing up to their caliber. And a league that did do the bubble, and they're doing absolutely tremendous by having no cases at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what do you call it? We t- uh, we talked about this. I think we talked about this in sports one time. Sports topics, listeners that, who listen to the show. I don't yeah. think the Major League Baseball they planned it. I think they still wanted and to travel, and then that's why the government of Canada said no, we can't because then our COVID cases would go right back through the roof again so in baseball they didn't plan it and now they're experiencing higher cases they had to cancel i believe the jays had to cancel a game against the florida marlins the other day Mm -hmm. because 14 Mm -hmm. players have the virus yeah exactly so it goes to show you despite scientific facts and statistics and numbers it shows that um, that approach doesn't really work because um you're still even though there's no one in the stadium players are still traveling and players are, players are still going through a lot so um and they're encountering with various people they're not in one specific location uh, in my personal opinion what they should have done was uh, be stationed in a specific state or country uh and uh sorry in city and basically go from there and um have the option to um yeah play in that specific city right so um but yeah i guess that's an issue that they can encounter in the future yeah 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 and one more question i wanted to ask you about basketball my friend told me that championship that the raptors would have won he's like it would have meant more if DeRozan was on the team. What do you think with that? Because, okay, yes, and listeners that don't know, and of course there are real diehard basketball fans, DeRozan was traded for Danny Green and Leonard. So what do you think when you hear comments like that of people saying, well, if DeRozan and Lowry won that together, that championship would have meant more? It, it, it would have meant more, but uh, I'm a huge, like I said, huge respect to DeRozan and how much he has built this franchise because this franchise wouldn't be where it is today if it weren't for his dedication and his effort that he put towards it because uh, if you remember, Chris Bosh left to Miami and all we had was DeRozan. He put that tweet out there, I got us, right? So it goes to show you that he was Mr. Toronto. It goes to show you that um, he has done a lot for the city of Toronto and he grew a lot of his career 
in the specific city. Um, so hats off to everything that he's done. And it, I per, and as your man friend did mention, I personally agree with him. If he was in Toronto and um, and if, if him and Kyle Lowry were to celebrate the championship together, uh, it would have meant more. It would have been more meaningful. And the reason for that is because um, they were in this with this franchise for a long period of time. Uh, Kyle Lowry got traded from Memphis, and he ended up coming to Toronto and then playing for us as well. And um, he almost got traded to the Knicks, and we kept them. And uh, they realized, you know what, we have a crazy backcourt, and let's keep this backcourt going because uh, obviously Lowry and DeRozan are incredible together, and um, obviously they're doing fantastic. Um, so I do agree that we, we went with your friend that it would have been more meaningful if um, both uh, both guys standed on team and they ended up lifting the Larry O'Brien trophy together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you wear all the merchandise, right? So when you wear your Toronto Blue Jays, when you wear the Raptors, and when you wear the Toronto Maple Leafs, have you ever got comments from people saying, why are you wearing all these stuff? Why are you supporting your Toronto teams like crazy? Uh, you get you get mixed opinions, mainly comic relief, so people will joke about it in regards to how much I'm patriotic about the city. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's something that I'm passionate about, and I'm not gonna let anyone stop me just because obviously it's just like an artist or hip hop artist, right? If they feel like their if they feel like their music it speaks for itself, and they feel like one day it will help them out, um, it will it will grow to their proportion. So I'm a huge fan of the weekend, obviously Charles very own the weekend. Um, so if he himself. Um, looked back at his dark R&B music uh, from his trilogy album and realized, hey, you know what, this is not, I, I personally feel like people are making fun of this or don't like this. Let me change my approach. Um, you wouldn't have been where he is today, right? So it's kind of keeping consistent with your brand and your theme and going about it. And uh, I actually received a lot of positive um, feedback in regards to what I do. And not, not everyone does it. Not everyone has the dedication to do it. Um, and I'm passionate myself in regards to doing this. And it's mainly interesting myself in regards to how I go about this brand. Um, and I'm very happy with how I do it because, like I said, uh, the main reason for one of the main reasons for why I went towards this approach is because uh, no one really took on this platform and no one really took on this um, this kind of uh, this kind of theme that I put towards. And um, I've luckily built a following and an interest towards people who see my content. And um, it's been positive feedback um, for quite some time. Yeah. Now, in case listeners are wondering, you guys didn't talk about the CFL. Do you know anything about what's going on with the CFL football? Are they going to plan what the Raptors and the NHL is doing and the Leafs are doing? Or what do you know about that? Yeah, so obviously the CFL itself is a small market. So with Toronto Argos, um, within within the CFL, I believe there's about, if I'm not mistaken, about 8 to 10 teams or so. Uh, so the market is smaller. And the, when it comes to... Uh, the revenue that's being generated is a bit different compared to the other bigger teams because other bigger teams have more money to spend in regards to stuff like this. Uh, however, it's not the same case in the CFL uh, when it comes to salaries and whatnot. So it, it is a bit different in regards to that. Um, so I think they went, they went towards the approach of uh, calling off the season just because of everything that's currently happening at the moment. Um, so I, I believe they're in the talks with the government in regards to receiving um, uh, some income to help them pay off uh, their expenses and whatnot. Uh, from their season. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure what the future holds for the CFL because uh, I'm curious to know what they will be doing because um, the Toronto Argos play at BMO Fields and uh, they could also potentially do a bubble as well. However, it, does, it is costly uh, when it comes to that and, and it really varies out of the CFL is able to um, fund that specifically. Um, so I'm actually curious to know in regards to what will happen um, with the CFL moving forward. Yeah, and the NFL for listeners that love their NFL, their football, I think the season's been pushed back. I think they may start it in November. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So, and uh, <clears throat> I'm sure they, they've. They, I'm sure they're the the main stakeholders and all of them are looking at to see what options are available in regards to how they want to go about it. Um, since the NFL has more teams, I believe 32, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so uh, it's, it's a different approach um, when it comes to that. So I think they should obviously go towards the bubble approach as well, just because uh, a lot of the players will be restricted into one location. Uh, however, it's more effective and more games. It will it'll be easier for games to happen in a specific location uh, and going about that. But I think they should definitely go towards the bubble approach because by numbers and statistics, it goes to show you that it actually works. Yeah, yeah. What do you want to say to the listeners and to the fans? What do you want to tell them that they're curious of this Toronto, maybe they're global listeners that say, you know what, I got to visit Toronto. Or there are listeners out there right now that think, wow, I never realized Toronto was, there was so much. What do you want to tell them? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, obviously if you're within Canada, uh, you're fortunate to uh, travel to Toronto and being able to uh, visit what the city has to offer. Um, so you're lucky for you. Uh, however, if you're from if you're worldwide, um, you, uh, it might be a little tough at the moment, how, and you may you may visit in the future. Um, but honestly, for my personal opinion, I've never I've never seen a diverse country uh, as such as Toronto uh, in my life. Um, as you come across all walks of life when it comes to various religions, uh, when it comes to various people who have different beliefs. And, uh, the, and the resources and opportunities that are available to you when you come in the city. Uh, from a tourism perspective, there's a lot of stuff to see and visualize and uh, take in. And that's something that we should be very fortunate for. Um, so how, like I mentioned, um, uh, I've been to every single province across Canada, and um, obviously every single province has its own uniqueness. Uh, I would say Ontario's uniqueness is specifically diversity when it comes to Toronto. Um, and um, the diversity that we have to offer in regards to what we provide as a city is absolutely tremendous. Uh, from the landmarks we provide to the people that we live here, that live here, uh, to us celebrating diversity and culture, uh, with certain stuff that you mentioned with uh, Taste in Danforth and um, Caribbean Carnival. Um, and those are the key components that a lot of people obviously take advantage of. Uh, with this year, it's a different approach just because of everything that's happening. However, we are still trying to take advantage of what we can. Um, it is different this year, but it's something that we can look upon and uh, put behind us uh, for years to come. Uh, and, but it will be definitely a story that we'll pass on to our kids. But however, uh, with everything that's happening across the city, you're, you're still fortunate to visualize and be part of various events that happen. And I definitely consider more people visiting the city of Toronto and taking advantage of uh, the resources and opportunities that we have here. Mm-hmm. Now, where can people go to learn more about your journey and follow your adventure if they want to, let's say, you know what, I want to learn more about this guy's journey. I want to, you know, copy what he did. Where can they reach you? Yeah, absolutely. So basically, uh, my specific platform on my Instagram would be ideal, uh, just because of all my visual instra- illustration is all obviously there. Uh, so my handle is at Sukendra, so it's spelled S-U-P-E-N-D-R-A. Uh, and obviously, my well, I also built a personal website as well, where it has everything from my freelance work um, to the content that I post up on my own personal branding. Um, so all that stuff is available within that uh, platform as well, and that's basically uh, as an S-U-P-E-N-D-R-A dot C-A. Uh, I was fortunate to get a Canadian domain, so it worked out. Um, like I said, my name's Donovan. My name is pretty unique. Um, Donovan's, uh, Donovan's um, I wouldn't say, it's a pretty unique name, I would say so, right? What do you think? It's a pretty unique name, but I wasn't, okay, listeners, 
I didn't want to screw it up. So he had to, before this interview, he was like telling me, you need to say it right. You need to say it right or else I'm not going to do the interview. So I needed to say No, that. I didn't say that. <laughs> no, I know you didn't say He's that. Like, I'm just trying to be what he called to the listeners. <laughs> no, but you, know, yeah, you no, have a good but, name. You have a yeah, good yeah. name. <laughs> I want to elaborate a bit more on that reason because like, obviously I was, I was, I, like, I had the, uh, I was able to get access uh, to using my first name as my handle uh, for my website and my Instagram page. So I was fortunate for that. So I, that's why I wanted to bring it to your attention. Because uh, Donovan, or Donovan, I know, is a few of them. Donovan, Donovan Bennett, Donovan Bailey. He has a couple of guys out there. <laughs> well, shout out to Donovan Bennett. Shout out to Donovan Bailey. Shout out. I've always used to be called Donovan Bailey. So now you know another black Donovan. There's only two black Donovans. Donovan Bailey and Donovan LaCroxy. That's how you know. <laughs> <laughs> Are you on Instagram too, just in case people want to take a look? I don't think you threw out your Instagram. If you did earlier, just throw it out again in case. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned it before, but I'll mention it again. So basically, it's just my handle, at Supendra. So S-U-P-E-N-D-R-A. Um, but yeah, feel free to check out my content and uh, be a part of the journey. Yes. I just want to make sure listeners, he did throw that out, but I just want to make sure because there are probably listeners who say, what's the Instagram again or what's the handle? So I know he threw that out, but I'm glad he threw that out again. And Supendra, it is so good to get to know you. You're a friend of the show now. Absolutely. And I'm glad, I'm glad to see that you're providing spotlight to uh, various uh, musicians, artists, hip hop artists, R&B artists, uh, and people like myself on, on a plateau. And, uh, uh, it's great to see um, platforms like yourself provide this uh, platform for various people because uh, not everyone gets to shine uh, to do so. Uh, so I think it's an absolute honor to be a part of it, and I'm very grateful for you, that, for you having me. All right, and listeners, that's going to do it. Again, thank you so much to the listeners for even listening. I want to thank Supendra for debuting on this podcast. Uh, that's going to do it for another episode. I believe we're at episode 54 or 55. I can't keep count because we do so many interviews. So forgive me if I get it wrong, but you listeners that have listened from day one, thank you so much. And if you want to reach me, Donovan, D-O-N-O-V-A-N, period, L-A-C-R-O-X-I at gmail.com. Or you can reach me on Instagram, Donovan LaCroxy. And that's going to do it. Again, I want to thank you for debuting. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Uh, have a good night, man.